0: On TV, on radio, and on your smartphone, this is Talk TV. Tonight, our Piers Morgan uncensored, tone-deaf hypocrite Harry demands a royal apology after skewering his family in books, documentaries, and interviews. But shouldn't the groveling apology come from him and his wife before we even think of them being allowed to attend the king's coronation? The Britain Wars goes gender-neutral, scrapping male and female categories to be more inclusive. And guess what? Yep, no women then got nominated with chilling predictability. What a farce. We'll debate that later. Plus, President Biden blasted Donald Trump as totally irresponsible for keeping classified documents at home. And, of course, with equal predictability, he's now been caught doing exactly the same thing. We'll ask Kellyanne Conway, Trump's former top advisor, what she thinks of this situation. Live from London, this is
1: Piers Morgan Uncensored.
0: Well, good evening from London. Welcome to Piers Morgan Uncensored. King Charles will be crowned in May in a ceremony gilded by British history. Millions, if not billions, will watch around the world as Charles formally ascends the throne at Westminster Abbey, where every coronation for the last 957 years has been staged. Think about that for a moment. A millennium of history, our history, Britain's history. 30 kings and queens are buried there. It's the sacred place where the late queen herself was married and crowned, and where she marked the death of her own husband. And that ribbon of history is what makes the British monarchy unique. State occasions like the coronation belong not just to the royals, but to the people of Britain and the Commonwealth. So, the very last thing the coronation needs is a sickening garnish of the cut price Kardashians hogging the spotlight and making notes for the next cash grabbing expose. Harry won't say yet if he'll attend, but he's made his terms very clear. I don't know whether they'll be, you know, watching this or not, but what they have to say to me and what I have to say to them will be in private, and I hope it can stay that way. The irony is just breathtaking, isn't it? 416 pages and countless interviews spewing intimate family secrets. Now he wants privacy. And according to his latest whining interview, he also wants the royals, the people he'd just been slaughtering for weeks on end, to say sorry. What I'd really like, he says, is some accountability and an apology to my wife, he told The Telegraph. You know what you did? And this is beyond parody. You know what you did, and I now know why you did it. And you've been caught out. So just come clean. He's addressing this to our king and to our future king. And he went on. It was 100 pages, and now it's down to 400 pages. It could have been two books, put it that way. And the hard bit was taking things out. He then accused the media of having a, quote, bleep ton of dirt about my family. I know they have it, and they sweep it under the carpet for juicy stories about somebody else. Hmm. Sound like blackmail to you? In one breath, demanding an apology, and the next, holding them to ransom over what he's held back, what may be to come, what the media may have that they decided not to publish in return for terrible stories about Meghan and Harry. The delusion of this guy, that he thinks that's how this works, that the press get an amazingly sensational story about Charles or William, and actually after the palace approached the press, they go, you know what, we'll just ditch that one and we'll run something nasty about those two in Montecito. He's completely deluded if he thinks that's what happens. This treacherous little toad has forgotten you're supposed to turn into a prince after being kissed by the spoiled princess, not the other way round. Last time a royal abandoned his duties to hook up with a divorced American socialite, it was Edward VIII with Wallace Simpson. Now He never made it to his own coronation, but he did want to attend the ceremony for his niece, Queen Elizabeth. But Sir Winston Churchill stepped in and told him to sling his hook. If Rishi Sunak was to do the same right now, it would probably be the most popular thing he's done so far as prime minister. But before we even so much think about whether Harry and Meghan should be allowed anywhere near the coronation, and for me, they absolutely should not even be considered for an invitation, one thing would need to happen. They'd have to go on national television, they're familiar with the genre, plunge to their knees and issue a global apology to their families on both sides who they've so mercilessly trashed on every airway that is prepared to pay them money. And what happens with these two if you do apologise to them? It's quite interesting, isn't it? One person who's made a very grovelling apology today publicly is Jeremy Clarkson, whose now infamous column on Meghan sparked an avoidable and predictable backlash. To be clear, the comments he said were completely inappropriate and wrong. He shouldn't have said them. It was a dumb joke, and I think he now recognises, judging by his statement today, that it was a moment of madness. All columnists have had them. I've had them myself. But he shared a long mea culpa on Instagram, a long one, expressing his deep, deep, profound regret. But it wasn't enough. Harry's spokesman immediately hit back. It's clear this is not a isolated incident shared in haste, but rather a series of articles shared in hate. Again, the irony. A series of articles shared in hate. Does that remind you of anything? Does it remind you of a book that's just come out? called spare, spewing hate at the royal family? You can stick your apology, Harry, where the sun don't shine. Well, joining me now is former Conservative Minister Anne Whittakam and historian Dr tester Dunlop, also with us royal editor of The Sunday Times, Roya Nicker, and former BBC royal editor Jenny Bond. So a veritable galaxy of luminaries to debate this. Let me start with you, Roya, again, because you had a big story on Sunday in which your sources at the palace were basically indicating that notwithstanding the onslaught that's come their way, King Charles in particular was prepared to consider reconciliation before the coronation in May. Now, I've got to say, before I get you to talk about that, my own sources tonight, who I would describe as pretty impeccable, um, believe that's a bit of a reach, say that Charles is absolutely livid And actually, reconciliation right now is most definitely not on the cards. There's been no contact whatsoever with anyone in Montecito, and that may well stay the same. So let's let's thrash out our sources here. How confident are you that you think that Charles really does want to reconcile with somebody who's really shown that any attempt to do anything just immediately gets commercialised?
2: Well, good evening, Piers. I think, um, sources aside, if you speak to people who really know the king, um, they will tell you that he absolutely does not want to be estranged from his son for the rest of his life. There is no doubt that Charles is livid. the whole royal family are pretty livid about what um, Harry has done. But we have a few months now, very, very crucial months, um, leading up to the coronation, and actually, one of the most extraordinary lines in that book was Harry's revelation that Charles said to him and William after Philip's funeral, please, boys, don't make the rest of my life a misery, which at the moment um, Harry is doing a very good job of. But what Charles will not want, really won't want, is estrangement from his son forever and any kind of major overshadowing of the coronation. And if there is nothing done, no contact at all between now and the coronation, I really do think we're going to keep hearing from Harry and Meghan in a very negative way, and, and Charles will want to avoid that.
0: But you know what my response would be? It's like, all right, keep yapping if you want to. You've done your worst. Honestly, keep yapping and just completely ignore them. Don't invite them to any royal events. I mean, Jenny Bond, why the hell should they be invited to a coronation? It's the people's coronation. It's our coronation for our monarch. All they've done, these two, is damage the monarchy, damage the reputation of that institution, damage their family, the royal family, on which the monarchy's future depends. What on earth have they done to deserve an invitation to a coronation, where it's not just Charles, by the way. It's Camilla as well getting crowned, who, who Harry just trashed in his book.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, I think, you know, this is the most important day probably in the whole of Charles's life. And if, as the loving father, which I believe him to be, he wants his younger son to be there, then I think that is his right and his privilege. And I think an uh, an invitation will be extended to them. I, I think to not invite them really is going to be you know, feeding the hand that bites Charles. So it would be wise to invite them. And uh, if they do come... Uh, I think it, we, the media, actually, should take it upon ourselves not to, make it, not to make it overshadow the coronation. I mean, we don't want to have screaming headlines about them, so I think we should just have a footnote at the bottom of our coverage of the coronation and say also in, in, in attendance were the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. I think that might be one approach. I'd but like a um, footnote to drag Harry, them out if that, yeah. in
0: that eventuality. Let will be in Tessa Dunlop. Um, <laughs> look, you are the great apologist for the, Meghan and Harry. Here's my question for you. Why would two people who hate everything the royals seem to stand for, hate the monarchy, are intent on destroying it, have done nothing but trash it and diminish it in the last two years? Why on earth would they want to be at a coronation of the next monarch of this country?
4: Piers, I thought you'd read the full 400-plus pages of spare, then you will have got the message loud and clear. There is no macro Harry plan. He is a dyed-in-the-wool royalist. No, he's he not. He doesn't. Yes, no, I'm no. afraid. He's no. going about it all the wrong way. He's done unspeakable damage. But he wants to save the monarchy, no. apparently. Oh. No, no, no. Oh. No, I'm being serious. So what he wants, no, Tessa,
0: okay. Tessa, let me just respond to that. What he wants is to keep the titles the royal titles for him and his wife, because it's the titles that make the money, and they're making hundreds of millions of dollars. His book, number one global bestseller, his documentary series, huge success, blah, blah, blah. Of course it is. He's trashing the royal family from the inside.
4: This is a boy in pain. Oh, up, I'm so, so. sorry. Please. I'm so sorry. Who grew up in a goldfish bowl. Is he
0: in pain or has he with, never been happy? Which he, one is he, it? He's he, telling he, us how happy he is.
4: Who grew up in a goldfish bowl, who's thrashing his way out of the gilded cage, but actually has realised he doesn't know how to exist without the gilded cage. Oh, no, he does. I, incidentally, am no apologist for Harry. You are but okay. I do apologise on your behalf, cos one minute you sit there, Piers, and you say, oh, they'll keep yapping away, they should be ignored. There is no way... If they so much as fart, that you would ignore what they say, you stoke the let me boiler, me, let me, you stoke oh, the let problems me be clear. With the royal family. Let me be
0: clear. People say, Mr. go, why do you keep banging yeah. on about these things Why two? do you? Because they keep banging trashing on. the royals in podcasts, in books, in documentary series, in interviews. It never stops. And I say to them now, I will stop writing and commenting about them if they just shut up, but, go to Camp Montecito. Be the happy people you keep telling us that you are. Stop trashing the royal family. Stop attacking our monarchy. Stop diminishing this country. If you do that, I'll leave you alone. you just alone.
4: heard from the but dignified, dignified Jenny Bond... Reduce it to a footnote, Piers, but you couldn't resist doing that because, like them, you make well, money from I love this. Jenny. Let's own it. Well, nobody, you look, make money I bow this. to
0: nobody. Of course I do. Everybody who's involved in covering the royal... I rest makes, my case. ..makes money. Well, you're making money appearing on this show Thank tonight. You.
4: Double times. Thanks.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you're uh, making money too out of it. So let's not be hypocrites. Jenny Bond... Look, no, I bow to nobody in my admiration of Jenny Bond, but she would have been the first in her previous capacity as the BBC's royal doyen to probably not actually reduce them to a footnote, the coronation, because she'd you know it's a big, hot story. And this is the problem, Anne Whittacombe, isn't it? Well, is, that, uh, is that, unfortunately, everywhere they go, so does the lens of attention, because they make it their job well, to make sure that we don't leave them alone.
5: That is exactly why I think they should not be at the coronation. For this reason, I ask myself a very straightforward question. Which will be the bigger circus, if they don't come or if they do come? And if they come, they're likely to be booed. We all know that. Mm. There'll be a lot of attention on them because they're there. Well, that'll be
0: the story. They get booed at the coronation.
5: Exactly. Whereas if they're in Montecito, we're all free to concentrate on the coronation. So I feel very strongly they shouldn't come. I also... Hang on, you had a long go. I also feel equally strongly that the royals should not be proposing a negotiation meeting because we've heard Harry's terms, he wants an abject surrender. No, I wouldn't he trust him as far as I could throw him yeah, exactly. That's the point. I and mean, Roy, Roya,
0: um, this is the problem I would have if I were Charles and William in particular, um, is how do you trust them? How do you trust them, given that almost all their private conversations with Harry have now appeared in this book, including really intimate stuff, including at Prince Philip's uh, funeral and so on? How on earth can they trust him to have some sort of private meeting which stays private?
2: Uh, Well, that's a a great question, and that's something that's even been acknowledged by sources close to Harry and Meghan who've said to me, and I've written that, that um, even they acknowledge that there's an issue there that perhaps the royal family might not uh, trust that private stays private. But what I would say is as much as it might stick in the core of many many members of the royal family, particularly the ones you've just mentioned who come under heavy fire in the book, I think if the king isn't seen to somehow do something, I think he's going to come under even more heavy fire from um, his son and other people down the line. But uh, but that will be the great test. I think if they, if they do propose some sort of... I'm not saying a negotiation, but some sort of sit-down, and then something leaks out and it comes from Harry and Meghan's side, then I think it probably is game over. But at least the king may have tried.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, Jenny Bond, it is a. It, I feel incredibly sorry for, for Charles. He's lost both his parents in the space of two years. He's probably still mourning his mother, who just died a few months ago. He's taken on the monarchy. You know, he's our new monarch. He's about to be crowned the king of this great country. I mean, all these huge pressures, both personally and professionally. And then he's got his his young son causing just total, endless, relentless mayhem. I mean, if that was one of my sons, I've said to them, I've got three boys in my 20s, one of you does this to me and goes rogue like this, that's it, bang. There won't be any reconciliation parties, you're done.
3: You see, I don't think he wants to lose his son as well as having lost his parents. And I do think that uh, Charles is quite a compassionate guy. And I think he would probably agree with me that what we're witnessing here is almost the unravelling of a youngish man who um, is so mentally fragile now and so confused. There are so many errors in the book. Um, and conflicted within himself and really suffering. And I... I agree Jenny, he's gone a Jenny, bit... Loopy. He I said keep... some terrible things. No, right, but Jenny, I think we I'm sorry show to interrupt you, but
0: I want to pick compassion. you up on that thing about the mental health thing. I don't see somebody suffering or in pain. I see a smug little narcissist yeah, making yeah. a ton of cash, yeah, yeah. abusing and revealing secrets yeah, about his family. Yeah. I don't see anyone fragile whatsoever... On the one hand, he says, I'm the happiest I've ever been. On the other hand, he wants us to believe he's a pain-struck young guy. He's not. He's nearly 40. He's had a long time to get over the pain that, by the way, millions of people have to go through losing parents when they're young. It's It's not exclusive to him. His own brother went through exactly the same thing and doesn't seem to feel the need to trash his family in public. So I just don't really buy in, Jenny, to this You know, he's racked with pain and is so fragile. I think he doesn't give a damn about the damage to the mental health of all his relatives. And yet he's supposed to be the prince of mental health.
3: I think he is racked with pain, and in his book, I thought it was very, very moving when he said that when for for a second lot of therapy um, he was frightened of losing the pain he had felt for all those years for the loss of his mother. He was frightened of losing that pain in the therapy because he would lose his mother again, and I thought it was incredibly moving now i 'm not going to defend Harry for all he 's done and all he's said. a lot of it's abominable, most of it's loopy and I agree I think he's he's a little bit unbalanced and deluded, perhaps because all the drugs he took i don't know
0: yeah, but and I do. Take
3: his mental health.
0: No, I think he's a. I well, think he he's is, a Californian well, dopehead. you meet yeah. them all the time when you're out there. Uh, Tessa yes. Dunlop, you've been raging away no, as normal no, here. Think, you
4: know, what have I are, said that's wrong? You are renowned for lacking empathy. I won't use the
0: I've got plenty of empathy.
4: What? No, 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 I'm re- so sorry, he's renowned for it. No, no, we, actually, I'm yes, not renowned
0: has, for it. I'm not you renowned are. for it. No, no, how how I actually have a lot of empathy for the right people. Actually, and my entire career, so I've actually shown empathy. no, no. I show empathy for people who deserve it. Harry is not deserving of my empathy. In your opinion, he has <laughs> zero empathy for anybody else. In As he's somebody
4: who has watched Harry from birth through the death yeah. of his mother throughout you don't have a shred of empathy for his. A peculiar lifestyle that's trained him for nothing, no, that's left him with dump loads of expectations none, and shed loads no. of pain. No, no, did no, you not go to
0: prep school? No, I think he did. Imagine
4: going to prep school in your mum steamrolled oh. bed. Actually, I went to prep Come school until I was break. 13,
0: actually, and yeah. then I went to so a state now, school. so now imagine you're Then I went to a, a pre- state school, and actually, what he should have done is go to a state school. And you're, oh, you're grimacing.
5: Yeah, I'm absolutely... Just, just calm down, the pair of you. Uh, I'm, the, I'm
0: perfectly calm.
5: Neither of you sounded at the moment. Now... Can I just oh, point this out? Pretty rich
0: coming from you. you are normally the one blowing up, but go on.
5: I've <laughs> actually sat here trying to get a word in for this for a long time, <laughs> as you know. Come on. Uh, But, I mean, let me make this point. The coronation is not just a personal occasion. Now, you can understand a father wants to involve his son in all sorts of, of things, and it's, but it's not a royal wedding. It's a coronation. It's an occasion of state. And you've got to ask yourselves, mm. what is the most dignified way that we can have this because it is an occasion of state? and therefore there must be a great deal of dignity. That won't be by having Harry... Pratt's I totally habit.
0: agree. It, it would be literally like having the, the Kardashian sitting there. Uh, please stay with me, uh, my, my panel here. Roy, we're going to say goodbye to you. Roy, another busy week for you. I know you're writing busy away again, presumably for your next big scoop on Sunday, so thank you. We we'll look forward to speaking to you about that whenever it drops. Appreciate you joining us. Thank you very much. We'll stay with the panel, because after the break, we're going to talk to a Guardian journalist who wrote a fascinating piece this week. Well, last week in which he detailed why it wasn't the tabloids who actually Harry should be blaming for what happened to his mother and as one of the tabloid editors at the time she died I agree so we'll talk to him after the break What's going to come tonight. We're going to be debating the Brit Awards' ludicrous decision to go gender neutral, which meant, of course, no women got any nominations. Who could have predicted that? Oh, that would be me. And we're going to talk about Joe Biden, who is basically forgetting people's names again. And he's also been hiding documents at his home. Did he do it deliberately? Is he any better or worse than Trump when it comes to that kind of thing? We'll see. Here's him singing happy birthday to somebody where he forgot the name. Cringe making. You'll watch it later on. Uh, anyway, let's get back to the, the royal debate, because I um, I mentioned earlier about Jeremy Clarkson, who, I listen, I get on fine with Clarkson now, but just to remind viewers, he did punch me in the head, and I've got a scar here which comes up when I have a tan like I do now from his right fist, so it's not like we've been the easiest of bed... very we are! Easiest of bedfellows over the years. I've literally borne the scars of Clarkson. So I'm not going to be his greatest cheerleader in a moment of misfortune. All I would say is this, is that he could not have issued a more sincere apology than he did today. And as I've always suspected about the woke brigade, the moment you do that, they don't accept it. And by the way, Harry's the king of the wokies. They just chuck it straight back in your face. And I, I mean, Tessa, we didn't discuss this, but here's my problem with it. Oh, if it, can't he apologise enough? I mean, is, is there no apology uh, oh, that's did, acceptable? Did you not rummage around
4: in the small print? It's because the Grand Tour's apparently been pulled by Amazon Prime. That apology...
0: Well, we don't the... know That's so not been well, confirmed oh, well, yet. Come on, I'll be confirmed smell yet. The coffee. I'd things. rather wait and Why have it Why do you think
4: Clarkson apologised? Why deep you down in your tippy-toppy well, Do you think he heart?
0: should be cancelled for everything?
4: Uh, to be honest i think we've had quite a lot of Clarkson over the years and time to bring on a fresh lot yeah i would have but no, you problem. no plat- yeah, but do no, you think, think he should be cancelled for that reason cancelled he's still platformed everything. yeah i about being
0: cancelled don't think he should be, be cancelled i
4: think maybe if the amazon prime think it's time for them to shuffle off then perhaps it's well, we, the, we they, don't they, i like no, the, they, they have haven't subscriptions.
5: confirmed subscriptions. that i mean you the question do you think he should well that's a good question i
4: think there should be a punishment for that level of vitriol i would like to see and don't shoot me. Th- I would like to see some modification to the to the to include misogyny in those hate words. We're, a We're okay. talking on a day. We are. We're talking on a day when the term institutional misogyny is being taken around in the piece. So
0: what place? about all the hideously misogynistic things that Harry says in his
4: book? Oh, not back to that. Not back to the prep school teacher whom he made laugh yeah. when he was no, 11 no. years old. No, no. The would one you have preferred Sorry, that Harry on, whitewashed Tessa, his childhood? Let me finish.
0: I'm talking about the matron that he called ugly yeah, and greasy yeah. and didn't make the boys horny. I'm talking about the newspaper executive who he's absolutely viciously misogynist about. I'm talking about Camilla, who he calls a dangerous villain. Blah 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 no, blah. The no. book is laced with misogyny. No, so I agree with can't you. Be one rule. Misogyny for one and should one be for taken another. more seriously. What about he starts with himself?
4: No. Yeah. Uh, first of all, would you have preferred that he pretended he was a saint at prep school and never did that cruel that wasn't my question. Lord of the what fly start. that I hate my the children do? That would wasn't you have preferred?
0: the question. No, what what the the I didn't. Tessa, you know, Tessa, my question to you was very simple. Why should he be allowed to be a misogynist? I didn't... But anyone who dares to be a misogynist about his wife, he wants to get cancelled. I just
4: don't think you can compare oh. the right. idea of someone... Of ..being cellularly liked on a cellular level, paraded down the street naked, having human excrement you, thrown at her... Yeah. ..with describing a tabloid actually, editor as something. I don't actually, know what, what, he's, what he
0: said about a female editor was actually pretty but well up there. was it sexist? It was, it was just unpleasant. Even... Oh, stop actually, talking it was misogynist, sexist me. and revolting, yeah. But anyway, let's move on. I want to talk to Stephen Bates former Guardian Royal Correspondent. Hey, Stephen, I didn't even know the Guardian had a Royal Correspondent, so that was a bit of a a shock to me. Uh, So congratulations on that uh, that title. Uh, But thank you for joining me. Look, I wanted to get you on, not because I expect you to launch a a spirited, full-frontal defence of tabloid newspapers, but, but I do think you raised very interesting points in your column about all this, which is that Harry's real point of visceral hatred is that the British tabloids in particular were directly to blame for Princess Diana's mother's death. And you wrote a column really saying that isn't borne by facts.
1: No, that's right. I mean, I watched the ITV interview uh, the other Sunday, like uh, millions of other people did, and uh, as you see, we had this riff about um, the tabloids uh, and the paparazzi causing his mother's death. That wasn't actually uh, what I discovered and found. I was the Guardian's man in Brussels at the time, and I was sent down first thing that morning to help the coverage, of course. And I got on into a cab at the Guardian Nord to go to the Guardian office. And the cabbie, this is five or six hours after the accident, said that driver must have been mad to drive into that cu- tunnel. At that speed, he said, there's a very bad camber and there's a twist in the tunnel. And uh, anyone who drives in at that sort of speed, you have to stick to 30 kilometres an hour, he said. Anyone who went in at the sort of speed that car was being driven at uh, must have been mad. And we now know, after uh, the inquest, which I also covered eight years later at the High Court, um, that uh, Henri Paul, the uh, chauffeur that evening was high on drink and drugs. He hadn't been expecting to work, which is why, why he was drunk, uh, and he'd never driven a Mercedes before. Mm. Uh, and Mohammed Al-Fayed uh, instructed him uh, to drive uh, Dodi and Diana right across Paris, a route he didn't particularly know, in a very fast car that he wasn't used to driving. He had a Mini himself, um, and he showed off. He was showing off to the paparazzi who were outside the Ritz Hotel. They could have stayed at the Ritz Hotel um, because they had a suite there. They were rooted out of the suite by Mohammed Al-Fayed, who wanted them to stay at his apartment. And uh, that was the terrible thing that happened. And the other crucial Uh, thing, I think...
0: And the other point I was going to make, which I think is really important to this, is that Harry talks sort of vaguely about there were flashing lights as his mother... Uh, and, the, and the car she was in crashed. In fact, the paparazzi were not within one kilometre of the car when it crashed. That came out no, of the inquest. Were, they, so there were, there were none that, of them anywhere near that's right, the tunnel that's right. or the car. No. Uh, what is completely true is they, that once they caught up with the car and, it, and they realised it had crashed, then some of these ghouls did actually try and take pictures of Diana lying in the back of, of the car. Right. And that is, that is completely unforgivable. But it's not true that they were right with the car as it went into the tunnel, blinding dry- the driver potentially with, with their flash bulbs.